Thank you for joining AOE's podcast. Today, we will discuss why moving back to in-person or even hybrid is more complicated than it may seem, as a myriad of factors must be evaluated. Join AOE President Kimberly Kaler and Jim Beatty, Executive Director of the Concrete Foundations Association, in this podcast, where they discuss lessons learned and what the future meeting experience might look like. Let's jump in and get started. Okay, welcome. Hi, I'm Kimberly Kaler, president of AOE, and today we're going to talk about all things events in this pandemic and and hopefully post-pandemic world. I have a longtime friend with me, Jim Beatty, who's the executive director of the Concrete Foundations Association, and he also holds a technical and a regulatory affairs role with the Tilt-Up Concrete Association. We grew up in this industry together, and he is my go-to on all things association in the concrete industry. So welcome, Jim. Thanks for joining me today. Always great to sit down with you, Kimberly. Well, let's go ahead and dive in because I always promise to keep these nice and short. Um, During the last year, you've helped many associations transition their meetings, their events, whether they were conferences, conventions, or even smaller um, types of gatherings to a virtual format. Can you share some lessons learned with our audience um, based on your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for that question. You know, I, I, um, the, the, the main thing that we found out in the virtual world is that there's very little true guidance for how do you deliver an, a virtual event. And early on in the pandemic, we, we saw everybody jump to Zoom and Microsoft Teams and go to meeting. And it's just not a platform that's conducive to interactive learning. And that's why we have events as associations is for that networking, that interactive learning, because it's the interstitial moments that matter as much as the presentation moments themselves. We had transitioned to a digital campus platform and ran a couple of our own events and, and just discovered a, a better way of doing it. We, we had a very, a very strong grasp of the technical aspects of it, how to achieve as close to an in-person event as possible, and just felt like uh, as an association, we had not been really supported by the software itself. And so we, we became the support for others and really had some great opportunities, both globally and domestically, to, to celebrate association events through that same process. So I know the platform that you're referring to is um, called the Aggregate, is that correct? Yeah, that's our private campus. It's built off of Verbella. Verbella is the the software package or the the campus uh, platform. And so we say it's the aggregate powered by Verbella. Um, It's a a great concept. It was born out of a California State University. It was really used for students back in the 90s to be collaborative without having to get on planes and go to events. And oddly enough, it became very viable, a very viable platform uh, for today's world. So interesting. 20 years ago, I didn't actually realize that. So, so one of the things you already touched on just diving in is that networking component. So I think everyone on this um, video today has probably participated in some type of training or virtual convention in the last year. And the common theme is that networking is missing, um, sharing those connections. Um, I know your platform does a, a better job than most in that connection and love for you to share you know, lessons learned with regards to how to make that networking component happen. Because it's really tough. It, it is tough. And and the reason I think that it's the, the most difficult component of any type of an online or virtual event is that all of the platforms, or, or the majority of the platforms anyway, really are not conducive to the freedom of networking that... Um, 
that organic sharing that happens when you network with each other, because you're either relegated to chat, which you're always waiting for the person to respond before that you, before you have your next statement to respond to, or like a zoom meeting, if we try to talk at the same time, one of us cancels the other one out. And so we become very, you know, very, um, apologetic for speaking when the other one is trying to speak. And so it, it becomes awkward. And, and the result is we just give up. And so that we, we remain quiet. And then you also, I think the other problem with that we've seen in virtual networking is the uh, stigmatism or the anxiety of being on video. Now, you know, you and I are very comfortable with being on camera and we do a lot of it. And, and, and so it's not a problem for us, but I've met so many people that are just, they just don't want to be on camera and they're concerned about environment or, or how they look, or their mind gets pulled out by their office environment. And, you know, it, it's, it's a, um, it's then a challenge for them to be on screen. And so the, the digital campus that we found ourselves into, it replaces the in-person, the flesh and bone with an avatar. And that avatar becomes your representative in the world. You still walk, you still talk. And, and so the, the lesson that we learned was it, it created that organic avenue for free-flowing conversation. And you and I can be talking and someone can walk in and can join us in the conversation. We can go sit down in a private space and we can have a conversation and somebody can come in and interrupt us and we know that they're there. Uh, and, and I think that's the, what, we, what we miss the most about these in-person meetings and what I think is so important for how do you create it within your virtual event. One of the things you just touched on is just, you know, people shying back in these meetings. And I, you know, label myself an extrovert, but I've even found during this last year, to your point, some of these Zoom meetings where, you know, if I was in a room full of people, I probably would have been talking more. And I had a hard time finding how do I get into the conversation? How do I work myself in? And so I found myself sitting back. Um, and I, yeah. I've tried to analyze that. Is it just you know, video, Zoom fatigue, is it, I don't know how to worm my way in. Um, so platforms like that are great. If, you know, do you have any tips for folks, maybe if they aren't using such a platform like that, just in general, how, how do we make those connections still? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I, I think what you have to do is you have to adapt your thinking to the social consciousness that you have naturally in an in-person world. So I was on a call yesterday and it was with a state representative. Actually, it was um, uh, for a senator's aide in Montana and we were working on a legislation bill for transportation insurance. And I found myself in a Zoom meeting, shutting off my video, just being the, my representative photo and just listening in. And then it became clear later on in the meeting that each person that was present was going to have an opportunity to make a case or to, to make a statement. And so there became a moment where I was invited in, which I went, oh, shoot, I've got to get my video on. So I, you turn my video on and, and uh, unmuted myself and made my case. But I think um, in that is, is learning the art of finding the moment and, and realizing that each platform has its abilities to raise your hand or to make yourself aware. And it, particularly when you're using video is to indicate to someone that you're ready to talk. And, and, and I think if we, if we do that, then we start to adapt to a slightly modified environment that we have naturally in person when we watch somebody communicating and we wait or we, you know, we hesitate to see that they've finished their statement. And then we find that moment that we can, uh, that we can jump in. And, and it, it just takes repetitive um, 
chances, repetitive opportunities, commitment to being there more regularly, which is why I think the future is going to be a form of hybrid. I, I think this is too convenient. It's too efficient for us to give up all this virtual com you know, communication experience that we've generated. You, you've hit on some really interesting points that I didn't think about before, but you're right. It's um, relearning our communication patterns. If we were at a cocktail reception, you would wait for the pause in the conversation. You would figure it out. Um, so we're doing the same thing in these virtual sessions. It just seems very different for us. I was actually on a call with a, a new vendor that we are hiring last week. Um, and everybody was on video except for the woman that was actually leading the meeting. Um, and I found it very, very difficult for me. And obviously, I don't know her situation and, and why she chose not to be on video. But it was very, very hard because we were all looking at each other. Um, and, you know, I felt at a bit of a disadvantage, but she could see our reaction to things. You know, she was presenting a schedule, and a, uh, et cetera. And we didn't build that collaboration with her. Um, that, you know, that, that trust and that rapport. Um, so that, that's an interesting thing moving ahead to just the importance of visual as, as we move ahead. It is, which also then means you, you have to give your own self a little grace and be per permissive of understanding that your environment is what your environment is. And, you know, even for our talk today, I've, I've, I've relocated myself out of my office so that I've got this nice brick wall behind me and, and thinking ah, that will be attractive for someone to look at. But really, in most of our meetings, it's not what's behind you that people care about. It's not really how you even sound as long as you're as long as they can understand your words, it's that you're there. And what we, you know, what we've missed, so many people have missed through pandemic is the context of, of touch, the, the uh, context of relationship, interpersonal relationships. And we can still get them in this environment if we're, if we're upfront, we're honest, and we're permissive of our own space. Great, great points. So let's transition back to to meetings. And all of this does relate, obviously, um, and, and going to hybrid. So as we start to enter these next phases where vaccinations becoming more prevalent, um, you know, World of Concrete has announced that they will be in person in June. That's a show that both you and I attend. Um, you know, what, what does the world like, what, look like? Uh, any tips that you've learned in this last year in terms of planning, um, in terms of what in-person may look like, as well as what is hybrid? Because I agree, I think where there's a lot of people that have really enjoyed this, or maybe their employer isn't going to let them travel as much. We have to have a hybrid component to things in the future. I agree. And, and we're actually going to get it started next month. So, you know, the reality is before the pandemic, we always had people that didn't attend. Uh, just a simple board meeting, for instance, if you've got a 20-person board, it was not unusual for five or six people to not be able to attend that board meeting. And unless you established a teleconference component to it, which was a challenge anyway, uh, they just simply didn't attend and they weren't a part of the, uh, the attendance roster for that meeting. And now with all this virtual technology experience, we have new ways of plugging them in and, and making them a part of the conversation, a part of the information that's shared. The risk in it uh, and why I think that hybrid solutions have to be so well thought out is that you still create an atmosphere of two separate camps, two separate groups of people. And so we're very, we're still gonna be very comfortable with the interpersonal communication skills of being in the same room together. 
uh, I've got a board meeting coming up in April. And so there's going to be about 12 or uh, 12 or 14 of my board members that will be in the room around the table. We'll all be able to look and communicate visually. And there's going to be four or five that are going to connect uh, the in by, by a teleconference or video conference. And they'll be different. You know, they'll be separate. They'll have their own space. And so I think the hybrid model has to recognize that you're going to have two separate groups that are going to need their own form of networking and interpersonal communication. One of them that's going to be physical and established by line of sight and flesh and bone, and the other one that's going to have to be uh, taking advantage of whatever the communication platform that you choose to use for that hybrid component. But they can be brought together through the commonality of education, of meeting agenda, of the purpose of the meeting in, in general. I, I think that's a really great way to look at it. But some of the planning meetings that I've been privy to have tried to just do all in one with regards to hybrid. And the fear is those that paid money to get on a plane, registered for something, showed up for something, if their experience is the same as those that dialed in through the video call, yet they spent great money and time and effort to be there. Um, right. you know, so maybe calling it as it is, that it will be a different experience but um, you know, creating creating different campuses, if you like, you said in terms of that that experience. So, and I think the schedule has to be permissive of that too, because you know the, the tendency when you're in person is to just charge right ahead, and you have this event, and then this event, and then this event, and you might take a ten minute bio break, but realistically, you just kind of forge ahead. Well, the reality is when you plug in a hybrid component. We've all been in these on these virtual calls and virtual conventions and events. We get pulled away, snapped away from our focus so easily by an email, by a phone call, by a staff member entering our office. And so we, ha I think we have to be permissive of those that stay behind or that stay in their own environment and get connected virtually. They've got to have that convenience of space, permission to deal with their office environment without disrupting what we're doing in person and vice versa. Really, really good point. Really great point. So final question to wrap up, um, silver linings with regards to the pandemic or any other lessons learned as, as with regards not only to meetings, but just our boards, our membership, our communication. I, I know there are some good things that have come out of it in terms of how we've reshaped how we relate to our constituents. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a super proponent for the value of the associations through this pandemic. I think that it... Uh, I happened to use a word on an interview yesterday that it was op an it came at an opportunistic time, which I think is a, is a very hard thing to say because of the, the concern for the impact to life that the pandemic brought. But as a part of an association perspective, when you think about what is our purpose served, it's about networking, it's about strengthening brand, about strengthening communication, about providing resources and advocacy that can happen when companies and products need it the most. And so the silver lining behind all of this is, is this, this communication vehicle, this, this platform for understanding that even in the most dire situation that we could potentially map or create, we have been able to strengthen company brands by improve access to product and technology, um, to share uh, information resources and bind people together in a much stronger atmosphere. I think that's really a super silver lining that we have to take from this and not let it slip, not lose ground on it and, and say, okay, well, that was an experiment in history. We can set that on the shelf and go forward back to what we were doing. We can't do that. We learn too much. We strengthen too much and we have to have to build from where we are right now.
Thank you so much for joining us. We hope this session provides value and we hope you will join us for our next podcast. For more information about AOE, please visit our website at www.aoeteam.com.